Welcome to X-rated, X-rated movies. movies, podcast by two guys who used to date and now they burp. <laughs> I'm one of half of your hosting team, Matthew Fisher. <laughs> I'm the other half of your hosting team, Ryan Whedon. Matt, Ryan, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I've but- um, you know, recently been feeling uh, very attached to my streaming services these days. As we all have been. Where would we be without them? Yeah. I was was talking about this with my therapist today, just uh, getting out of this uh, current coronavirus quarantine situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I was, you know, talking about how I'm like bummed that I'm not as productive as I would like to be. But also it's like, you know, I think I'm going to count coming out of this with my sanity as a win. (laughs) Um, And yeah, one of the things that's been helping me with my sanity is uh, streaming services. Yeah, well, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I I had to like pull myself away from a screen for a while mm-hmm. just to like make beer, which was a good sort of side project because, boy, I've been like really hitting those streaming services hard these days because Scarecrow's closed, uh, so it's either like what I have on DVD in my home, or what's available on streaming. Your millions of titles that I that I can see here. Mm, that's very generous of you. Honestly, though, part of me, there's a little reticence, I guess, when I stream titles, because after we watched Phantom Thread last week, oh, right. and how kind of underwhelming it was watching it on Amazon streaming, mm. I'm like, I don't want to watch something that's supposed to be like really visually interesting on streaming, because with Phantom Thread, like I could tell the difference. I was like, oh, this doesn't look as good. You're spoiled. I, yeah, sure. The if knowing what is good means spoiled, then yes, I'm spoiled. <laughs> so time to check your privilege, Matt. <laughs> so yeah, just some of the stuff that 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 you know is supposed to be like very visually interesting. I'm like, oh, I'll wait on watching that one. So instead, I'm watching Ashley Judd movies. <laughs> hey, she's a listener. <laughs> be nice, Ashley Judd. I didn't mean it. You were great in Kiss the Girls. <laughs> Please put me in contact with whoever your stunt double was during the waterfall sequence. But, I mean, Matt, nothing I ever do on this podcast is not without some sort of ulterior motive. It's true. It's so, true. While I would love to just sit here and talk to you about streaming services, en general, <laughs> I would like to get to the meat of why I brought it up, which is things are going to be leaving Netflix soon as we're approaching May. Yes, I heard that uh, your favorite TV series, Boys Over Flowers, is leaving. <laughs> now, what is, what is that? Uh, unassuming high school girl, Jean D, stands up to and eventually falls for a spoiled rich kid who belongs to the school's most powerful clique. God. <laughs> that sounds awful. I think it's like South Korean or something like that. Good riddance. Boys Over Flowers. So, get it while you can. Leaving Netflix, May 1st. <laughs> I mean, what, what else might i be missing out on next month if i don't tune in now well you'll have to fill your quaron hole and see a little princess oh yeah that's uh, definitely a big quaron hole for me <laughs> you're all just quaron holing without me <laughs> uh, maybe maybe i should uh, just turn this into a whole quaron quarantine <laughs> and a quarantine <laughs> yeah and get that little princess in there sneak her in under the buzzer it's a quaranteed good time <laughs> it's quite the quarandry that you'll be in <laughs> uh you're gonna be all seven 
of the Police Academy movies will be leaving. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> I've never seen a single Police Academy movie. Oh so, really? Okay. Yeah. But I do know that the guy who makes weird noises is the best part about it. Mm-hmm. I've watched those as a kid. And I recently saw a tweet that someone put out of Lou Reed reviewing Police Academy 1. I like Police Academy. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, everything has its place. I mean, uh, one day we wanted to see something really gross and stupid, and Police Academy was perfect. You know, when you're in that kind of mood, you don't want to think. You don't want to even have to follow the jokes too well. You want something really that's just right in your face, and that's what Police Academy was. I think you rewatched these recently, but Scream 2 and 3 are leaving Netflix. Oh, no. And uh, 3, while not very good, does have Parker Posey in it. That's true. That's true. And uh, Gail Weathers bangs. <laughs> Doesn't she always have bangs? But they're very short okay. in 3. Very short. She looks like the owner of the Raiders. You ever looked him up? No, the the Oakland Raiders? Yeah, do I don't even know how I know that. Do yourself a favor, look up the owner of the Oakland Raiders. We'll tweet it. Space Jam's leaving. Spy Kids is leaving. Strictly Ballroom, The Craft. Oh, no. So, yeah, you'll have to get your Ferrugia bulk hole filled elsewhere. I might bulk at the idea. I think they must have these listed in, like, order of quality. Oh, is it getting worse? Uh, no, it's getting better. Oh! Uh, Dirty Dozen, well, way too long, does have good moments. Okay. Shawshank Redemption, Talented Mr. Ripley. Some people consider the Shawshank Redemption the best movie ever made. When was the last time you saw the Shawshank Redemption? Uh, probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's good, but, you know, it's the greatest bromance ever told. Yeah. I just remember when I watched it the last time, it was probably on TBS or TNT like 15 years ago, part of the new classics, um, thinking like, this is just a fine movie. Like, it doesn't move me. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that like no one gets all like greased up and kills anyone, but it's (laughs) still like a pretty good movie. Uh, Should I put a pin in that or? uh... (laughs) Yeah, you you can go ahead and put a pin in that one. Goodfellas. Mm. Driving Miss Daisy, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Crash, not the good one. Rats. The Symphorophiliacs. Not the Symphorophiliacs. Damn. Well, these are some things we can watch before... The first. The first. Of May. On Netflix. End of this week, roughly. So get your quarantine, (laughs) Phil... Before someone balks at you. This, this is why you're the champion improviser of us. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm the audience throwing out suggestions. <laughs> Did I hear toilet? Uh, Alf- <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron and Ferruja Balk on a date. Go. <laughs> well, hello, Ferruja. <laughs> well, hello. What a nice date we're having. Yes, and I'm pregnant. That's enough. I'm done. (laughs) Matt. Yes. 
we put a pin in something earlier. I'm very curious. Like two minutes ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said something about uh, getting greased up and killing people. It was me foreshadowing what I'm going to do to you today. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're here to talk about today's movie. It's a movie that I chose in retrospect, maybe out of just a desire to shake things up and do something that's maybe not good. We've been doing a lot of good things, and I, I felt like it might be fun to do something that's... You want to put a stop to the good that we're doing? Maybe not good? I don't know. It's question mark. Today's movie <laughs> is the 2016 horror comedy, The Greasy Strangler. Before we begin... Yeah, no, I, I want you to talk a lot <laughs> on this. How he, much do you enjoy the Bob Terwilliger rake bit? <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's good stuff. Okay, good. So you think repetition is funny? Well, in that specific instance, yes, in the context of it. Okay. Especially once you get the, the cut out and there, he's just surrounded by rakes. Okay, okay. Good. At least we're on that page. Uh, are we baby stepping into this? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have. This is like a very this, hot tub. This is a little bipartisan action here well, that we're trying to just find common ground we're where we stepping can. Stepping into a very hot vat of grease here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest. I don't think this is a good movie. I'm just gonna jump out real fast. Uh, okay. So, like, if I were to ask you, f- <laughs> per se. To list the pros and cons of this movie, how many pros would you have versus how many cons? I mean, the con is—if it's like a scale, the con side is going to be very heavily weighted. Okay. Well, why don't, why don't we start with the shorter list of the pros then? Great. Have you ever seen a movie like this before? <sighs> well, kinda. Okay. I feel like I've seen enough internet shorts and. Adult Swim and Tim and Eric stuff that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like this isn't that far removed from Too Many Cooks or something or right. even Kung Fury or, or something like that, you know. This director actually has a, a series on Adult Swim now. so Yeah, I saw some about that. So we'll we'll get into my take on it. I want to know what you think are, are the promising elements of this oh i don't like honestly i like when i watched it sometime was it last year or two years ago i was just like what a strange thing i would like to talk about it with somebody who's seen it well then you better find someone else (laughs) i mean i have seen it but mm. this came out the same year as swiss army man and they both aired at sundance at the same time and i'm just like wow we must we're really going through something in 2016 weren't we (laughs) What a weird time. A lot of stuff was coming out. I Trump guess. got elected. Greasy Strangler was at a very prestigious film festival. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, like, on the scale of no to question mark, this movie's full question mark for me. Yeah, so my first note, which I think I took within the first, like, two or three minutes as, like, the first note I typically take on a movie is just, like, the instant impression that I get from something Uh and it's a question that says is this punishment for paul thomas anderson (laughs) the answer is no 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 and so then this leads to another question like are you really trying to shake things up or were you just upset at me (laughs) is this a subconscious thing like every time like i ask you to do like a specific drop in an episode you're like 
and and you're just like ticking away in your jail cell at home and then like once it gets up to like 20 you're just like greasy strength time for punishment (laughs) uh no not not entirely um it felt like time to shake things up uh it also felt i feel a little crazy these days i've been you know cooped up so i'm like let's do something crazy and weird and i really am curious as to what you thought about it and you still have not answered my question what are the pros of this movie oh uh it's great production design adequate is more like it. okay i think it's very colorful I think the music fits the the movie. I hate the scores. The movie's so bad, but it fits whatever this movie is. I I don't know. I can't defend this. I'm not trying to defend. I I don't plan to defend this movie. I guess I'm trying to to reach for a reason that you'd want to revisit this one. Because I feel like there's times when it gets so bad that it comes back around again where I'm like, Oh, maybe this is kind of good, <laughs> but then it inevitably yeah. gets back to the bad. It's such a roller coaster. I found nothing redeeming about this movie. You, do you feel like it was poorly made in a way? Like I, I felt like the director whose name I didn't write down Jim Hosking is like competent enough in directing skills. Like, the way that he could, like, you know, do a smash cut to the greasy strangler in the car wash. It was effective in some ways. But I guess when you're making something that's, like, purposely this transgressive. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, want to lay out for our listenership who hasn't seen it. Like, there's old flabby butts in this. There's Lots of them micro penises there's macro penises lots of cellulite lots of cellulite lots of just odd nudity jokes that aren't very funny uh the word or the phrase bullshit artist is you know mentioned (sighs) more times than you can count bullshit artist bullshit artist bullshit artist i say again bullshit artist a long stretch of two people just going Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie, Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie. Hootie Tootie Disco Kitty, 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 Hootie Tootie Disco Kitty. Just a really unsavory batch of uncharismatic actors. Really disgusting food. Lot of grease. A lot of gross descriptions of sex. Brain will be moving into my place. He'll be much happier there, and he can twaddle my twat anytime that he wants. And I don't care if he craps on the bed. I'll rub it on my tits. Yeah. Uh, like, it's sort of like horror. Because people describe this as a horror comedy. I just, and I like, mean, I, I know that I'm don't not. Don't you think that, like, grossness is a type of horror? Like, it's an assault on your sense? Don't you kind of feel, sometimes when you watch a, maybe you're different than me, but, like, sometimes when I watch a really bad horror movie, I get the same feeling that this movie kind of leaves me with, even though there's nothing scary about this. Well, the only time that I kind of feel this way after watching a horror movie is when the horror movie is just shock for shock value, and I'm not actually, like, deriving any pleasure out of it mm-hmm. or any greater meaning out of it or, or or any sort of pith whatsoever because 
I would say that we've seen movies on this podcast more shocking or more transgressive than this. Mm-hmm. Desperate Living, I think, is a perfect example of a movie that I would say can go toe-to-toe with Greasy Strangler in terms of shock and disgust, but I completely took more out of Desperate Living than I did out of Greasy Strangler. Sure. I guess and another thing that I think is interesting to talk about this movie, not like in and of the movie itself. Like I, it reminds me a lot of Napoleon dynamite. Yeah. It definitely has that sort of like geeky twee outsider offbeat kind of stuff. Yeah. But then it's like, what does that look like 12 years on? Like people who have been raised and influenced by say like the, your Tim and Eric's, your Napoleon dynamites, what are they going to make? Like, I think it's important to look at that kind of stuff because it's sort of like, oh, this is now part of the landscape. Yeah. Like, so to just like turn your eye and be like, this is stupid, I think is dismissive in a way that like we can't be. But I don't think that this movie is really breaking any new ground that like say trauma hasn't. This is way better looking than any trauma movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got a higher budget and yeah, the production values are a little bit better, but really like what they're doing in it isn't that radically different from a trauma movie. I guess it's a little bit more sexual than a trauma, at least sexual with male parts than a trauma movie. Like fake male parts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's just, there, I just, nothing about the movie I found enjoyable. You didn't have any fun? Yeah. I, no, there's a lot of frowny faces next to my notes. <laughs> I just feel like someone took a good movie, cooked it, and then poured the grease into an old coffee can and called that the movie. The the grease in the coffee yeah. can? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's what this movie is to me. Yeah. I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, like while watching it, I was just like, I'm struggling to figure out why Ryan liked this, other than he just thinks that farts are funny. I, I think dumb humor is funny to an extent too and this movie kind of takes it to an extreme i mean like tim and eric is is a, i thought that's who like made this movie when, mm. when i first saw it and then i looked up, i was like oh this is some british guy and tim and eric's humor is real hit or miss like i really like once sometimes i'll like it sometimes i think this is tedious mm-hmm. and this movie kind of walks that line i mean that is sort of the the, the thing with anti-comedy is like it's so easy to do wrong. Like that opening bit with the potato chips where he keeps mispronouncing potatoes. Oh, yeah. It, it really is like that, like, Fuck. sets the, the tone for the movie. Potato. Sorry, but what? Potato. I don't understand. Can you say that again? Potato. Please, one more time. Potato. I do have a note here that says the Porto scene never ends. Yeah, but it's that theory of, like, Take something, repeat it until it's not funny, and then keep going until it's funny again. Somebody really took that to heart and did that with this scene. And there's like several scenes that do that. Like when they're ta- when they're saying bullshit artist, and then they just like start saying like different types of shit. Bullshit, horseshit, cat shit. Tiger shit, lion shit, duck shit, walrus shit. 
Penguin shit! King penguin shit! Like, it kind of gets funny <laughs> because it's so dumb and awkward, but it's also like, is this even humor anymore? I don't know. Yeah, I I, did, I really struggle with this because I was like, okay, what other gems has, has Ryan made me watch? And I'm, I'm in like the, the grand scheme of things when I line up this against like Rock and Rule or Siren in the Dark... This might be the new king. Really? Yeah. No, you think this is you think Siren in the Dark is better than this? Siren in the Dark at least had like somewhat attractive men in it. There are no attractive people in this movie. Not a one. But that's part of the aesthetic too. And like maybe that's a comment on how we're used to seeing like beautiful people. So we're expecting to see that. And then when a movie doesn't have traditionally beautiful people, doesn't that make you think? I also have a note in here to just let Ryan keep talking. <laughs> so that if he ever does not like one of my picks again, we'll have plenty on record <laughs> of him trying to defend the greasy strangler. Oh, I'm just saying, doesn't that make you think though a little bit? No, oh. not in this instance. Like other edgy movies that we've watched, I can evoke thoughts out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a lot to say on the house that Jack built, and I will, I will put that in in the transgressive category. A lot to think about with. Uh, uh, we need to talk about Kevin, and I just there's just nothing. I got I got nothing for you. I'm digging deep here, and I'm coming up empty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had actually like cooked myself a BLT earlier that day, and like then I sat down and was watching this, and was like so retroactively turned <laughs> off by my meal that I had had like an hour earlier. I was like, I don't ever want to eat anything with grease again. It does make me physically ill to watch this movie and then like an hour into this and i was like i'm gonna save that grease and i'm gonna put it in ryan's drink (laughs) and see how he likes it i don't like grease (laughs) no this isn't right i need more grease on this i need more oil is this movie like aiming for immature 13 year olds I think this is sort of, you know, Dada. Like, I think it just is. Like, it's not supposed to elicit greater thoughts. Like, it's just supposed to be exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what it reminded me of this time around? Like, you know, have you, like, you go to the art museum sometimes, and then ever so often they'll just have, like, some fugly piece of shit hanging up there, and you're supposed to be like, oh, I'm supposed to think about this. Okay. So... <laughs> On the surface, I hate it, <laughs> but then, like, if you sit there and you stare at it long enough, you start to think things like, well, I usually do just see attractive people in movies, so to have a movie where there's only ugly or non-traditionally beautiful people in it uh, and have them their flesh, like, on display... But but like, but once again, we've both makes seen you... John Waters movies that do the exact same thing... But we at least find something funny in in those or noteworthy. Like you can, like just on 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 the basis of the script, you can pull that exact same quote montage drop from Desperate Living that we use in our Desperate Living episode, and put it up against any number of quotes from this movie. And the Desperate Living ones are way funnier mm-hmm. and even like insightful in a way. The only quote that I liked from Greasy Strangler was when. 
the the strangler saw his son's new girlfriend and was like, I could feast on that queen's ass all night long. I was like, oh, that was an all right line. But that was like one line in a 93-minute movie. You didn't like when he was talking about how... I normally shoot about six ropes of cum and then dribble a little of the clear stuff. But maybe I'm all about the ropes. (laughs) I've never heard it referred to as ropes before, so Mm -hmm. that was new to me. Uh, Or uh, when when he's says that he's uh, having sex with women with Michael Jackson. And then these two Korean twins came on to us. So we took them into the manager's office and we started pumping away at them. And Michael and I were just pumping and pumping and then we sprayed them with hot milky cum and everybody applauded. Yeah, I wasn't into it. No, it doesn't do it for Probably you. the worst was the phone sex scene. <laughs> Okay, bye. Honestly, if it wasn't for the podcast, I would have turned it off. Understandable. Do you You watch this without having the podcast on your shoulders? I did, yeah. And you still finished it. Yeah, I've watched it twice now. And I have to live with it afterwards. So something about it must have drawn you to finish it. Like I'm a bitter ender too, but um, yeah, because I do. I think it's interesting that somebody would choose disgust in this way as like a theme, because they achieve their goal. Yeah, I mean they do. That's why I kind of say like the movie's it's... not meant to be deeper than exactly what we're seeing. Well, and disgust is its own type of horror. Right? Yeah. Like, after a while, presenting, you know, people getting stabbed or blown up or body parts cut off doesn't shock us anymore or doesn't make us feel something. So, like, why not make you feel grossed out? You could have picked Sallow, the 120 Days of Sodom. But see, but why only do, like, you keep referencing, like, one thing. What do you mean, one thing? Like, it's there's, like, John Waters or, like, Sallow... Like, why can't there be other movies that do that, too? Well, I mean, th- there are. Like, if you wanted to go come crazy, you could have picked a, one of Gaspar Noe's last two movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> this one just has this weird combination of things. Like, you're saying that I'm only going to one thing, but I'm I'm really not. Like, I'm n- naming a number of transgressive films that, like, we reviewed on the podcast that all do things differently. Mm-hmm. And... I just feel like this does those things, except it does it poorly. Okay. Like, I'll gladly take Pink Flamingos over this movie, and I'd say Pink Flamingos is a more extreme movie than this. I agree, yeah. I think John Waters is a great example of who this person's maybe trying to emulate. Yeah, I I go back to John Waters, because John Waters really, it was just doors open to filth. Like, he, he had no boundaries. There was no hang-ups with him where uh, you know uh, uh Lars von Trier or Lynn Ramsey are sort of tasteful in their transgressions okay but I mean Sallow is gross like there's a lot of poop in Sallow yeah and you know I don't think there's any poop in this movie no they talk about poop a lot just so you know he tried to impress me with a loud fart once he put his legs behind his head and shouted someone's cutting the cheese 
Instead of just gas, a big glob of turd flew out of his butt like a rocket. It did a loop-de-loop -loop near the wall and landed on the bed. So if anyone's a bed crapper around here, it's him. I don't like this movie. <laughs> but I thought talking about it would be good. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to like call from you which parts of it you liked or found interesting where you're like, something's there that we can talk about. This is a 90-minute movie uh -huh. that someone took the time to like location scout it's elijah wood was a producer it's lovingly lit so it's, the colors it's a very colorful movie the person who did the the soundtrack that you hated is one of the two from the duo fuck buttons if you've ever heard of that band. Oh, have, yeah so that's not nothing there's production value to this i feel like the production values on this are better than any john waters movie but like that adds to the charm of his movies but like yeah but i would say that it's only Higher production values just because technology is at a point sure, where sure. you can get a cheap digital camera that looks pretty good now and, you know, in 1972, yeah. cheap film looked like cheap film. I think that's interesting that that, that though also that like because everything is like moving faster these days, you get stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like it's easier to make something like this so people can just like anybody can make a film. Yeah. That yeah. looks good enough. Yeah. And uh, I'm saying we should stop that. <laughs> <laughs> this movie I'm holding up as an example of that. All right. Ryan Whedon takes a oddly pro-censorship take after a viewing <laughs> of The Greasy Strangler. <laughs> you heard it here. No, I, 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 I don't know. It's just there's something about this movie that feels like I need to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think the only thing that really makes this worse than Siren in the Dark for me is the fact that there's not decently acceptable-looking gay men in it. If Siren in the Dark starred Michael St. Michael, <laughs> I probably wouldn't feel the same way. Uh -huh. And likewise, if this movie starred adequately attractive, you know, 20-something men... I'd probably like this one a little bit more than Siren in the Dark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because it's just like really unappetizing stars doing insane, really unappetizing things <laughs> for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. I also just, nothing really strikes me as ambitious in the filmmaking. It's not like Martin Scorsese set out to make a greasy strangler here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, the, the actual direction's fairly rudimentary, I feel. It doesn't wow. It doesn't pizzazz. Like, the only thing that we're giving it accolades for is, like, a movie that's this cheap looks fine. Uh-huh. Like, that's our biggest compliment is, like, the lighting was really realistic. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched a movie that made you feel this gross before? Have you ever watched a movie that put you off your meal you ate an hour before? Mm. Mm. Yeah, probably not, maybe. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the grossness wasn't even necessarily the sex stuff. It was just like how much grease was in that bacon. I know. Or like him dipping the hot dog in the grease. This dog is fully dunked. All the food was really unappetizing in this movie. It was movie. really just not pleasing. Yeah. It was the opposite of the munchies, whatever you <laughs> want to call that. Uh-huh. 
I mean, that's something. <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't know. It's like times like this. So I watch something that's like because these actors are committed. Like, I don't think anyone's half assing it. That's another thing that. Well, yeah, maybe I'm John sure Waters. I saw all their full asses in this. <laughs> maybe John Waters a- actors were giving it their best and that's what they could do. But like these people are really like committed to performing. Yeah, but I don't actually think that they're very good at it. But they're delivering those lines with like everything they've got, I feel like. I mean, in the case of, of the greasy strangler, like Michael St. Michael, I think it's just that's the sort of delivery that comes with age. Like, it, you know, he's playing this role like it, it's, you know, Charlie Heston or something like that. Like, he's really sinking his teeth Um, in. He also played Jody. The alter ego, the detective. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. the nails. Yeah. <laughs> this oil is scrumptious and very good for the skin. It, like, he's sinking his teeth in, but I don't really think that, like, the younger actors are wowing me here. Do you think it's exploitative? Um, yeah, but I'm also not morally opposed to exploitation films. Okay. So it's like... Yeah, he he cast these people because they look gross, and Michael St. Michael was willing to like be naked and lift his legs up in the air and fart, or at least get that sound drop of a fart in. Yeah. How do you convince these people that to work on this? I think we talked about this on the Mandy episode where you're like, okay, the main thing with the cult leader is like you're going to show off your your junk, and it's supposed to be unimpressive. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like. These people are like, we're, you're going to be showing off your body and it needs to be ugly and people are going to be laughing at it. Well, I think, you know, A, you know, you and I have both gone to a gym. Old folks in that locker room are just letting it hang. Yeah. Like, they are comfortable with their body and you got to be too. But I mean, that girl, she's like the woman character, Janet. Yeah, but Janet, like, she wasn't really unattractive though either. I feel like I could see her dating some hipster on Capitol Hill here. Just a, a larger, just a fat girl. We could say fat, she's right? She's not even that fat. Like, okay. she's bigger than some, but, like, you know, she's not like Ursula or something. <laughs> yeah. Non-tradish body type that you would see in movies. Yeah, that. I mean, that's fair. And she's she's naked for a lot of it. And she's naked for a lot of it, but I didn't think that she, like, she was Rubenesque, we'll say. Sure. As opposed to the guy that she was dating that just looked like a Reuben sandwich. <laughs> Not all girls like ripped up abs. Yeah. Some girls like loyal hearts. I mean, that's a thought that crossed my mind. Like, what, what's the what's the premiere of this movie like? How do you feel as an actor yeah, well, in this? I mean, is this one, like, if you had a role in this, would you be like, hey, mom, I'm in a movie? I mean, ugh, I doubt it. <laughs> I'm naked most of the time. I have a micro penis. Like that's a. I mean, I, I, let's say you're playing the the blind car wash proprietor. Uh-huh. Would you still be like, "Hey, Dad, got your tickets to the premiere of my movie"? I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> that then, in that case, maybe. But like, oh yeah, that's an awkward conversation later, isn't it? I did laugh when he, uh, when the greasy strangler killed the car wash guy, cut his head off, and then shot his head at the at the basketball hoop, uh-huh. and it just like bricked. <laughs> I think it was funnier in concept than execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him like walking around all greased up. 
the sound design on his like greasy strangler part is is upsetting. They use like a weird animal noise. Yeah. And then later, the son turns into a greasy strangler, and his like animal noise is disturbing too. Yeah. Because the last shot of the movie is them as greasy stranglers, like pointing their spears at the camera, making their animal noises. And that's what we're left with. Yeah. Did they ever explain this? Why grease? No. No? They didn't? Nothing's explained. No. He's a pathological liar, the dad. Okay. He does nothing but lie. I mean, he talks about how good in bed he is, and. Like, presumably he is, because the girl kind of, like, gets on his side. Well, but that's because she's used to that micropenis, and he has something that's but I mean, the, less than a micropenis. But the, the, More than a micropenis? But she must have presumably had regular-sized penises somewhere along the lines. Like, they don't, or at least they don't say, like, she was a virgin or this was her first time. It was his first time. Right. Maybe it was hers, too. Maybe. She's remember like she, a sexually confident woman. Remember when he was like diddling her from the back? Oh, I feel so sexy. But seriously, imagine if I farted now. I want to go back to the Napoleon Dynamite-ness of this movie. Because mm-hmm. I do feel like that movie and this movie are of an ilk that I don't understand, but people seem to love. I mean, I haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite in... 15 years at this point. I saw it in the theater because my friend really was like, you have to see this movie. I saw it several times in the theater. And I remember when it was over, everyone I saw the movie with was like talking about how much they loved it. And I just lied and said, I loved it too. But honestly, I was, I was just baffled. I remember years ago before Netflix had streaming, uh, NPR had a story about Napoleon dynamite. And it was like, Netflix would like recommend other titles that it thought you might like, like when you went onto the site. Oh, sure, to, like, yeah. To figure out what your cue was, mm-hmm. it would be like you might also like this, and like its algorithms were, you know, fairly spot on because it was called from what people actually like rated and said that they liked based on you know stuff like that. The one movie that they couldn't like really accurately plug into their algorithm was Napoleon Dynamite. Sure, there was like no way to tell if someone was going to like a movie based on other movies that they liked. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess that Greasy Strangler's in that category too. I mean, now they can connect Greasy Strangler to Napoleon Dynamite. Maybe, Maybe. yes. (laughs) I just feel like if if I rated Desperate Living four stars and I rated Tim and Eric's awesome movie, which I haven't seen but I actually heard is not very good, uh, you know, four stars or something... And then, like, Greasy Strangler came up in my queue, and I rated it, like, zero stars, if that's even an option. Uh-huh. That would mess with the algorithm. But it's yeah. like, you know, all right, your queue, Desperate Living, Tim and Eric's awesome movie, and then this. Like, what's your star ratings for those? I mean, I love Desperate Living to talk about. I don't like watching it. Uh-huh. Uh, so four stars, I suppose. Okay. I've never seen Tim and Eric's awesome movie. Okay. But based on their sketches, probably three. Okay. And then this movie, like, one? Yeah. I mean... Who do you think this movie's for? Well, that was my question earlier. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's like... This is, I think, what straight people think camp is. Like, mm. for them, this is their idea of, like... And how do you describe camp? But, like, you know, it's it's... 
like elevated, funny. Uh, it's fake, you know. Some bad taste elevated to the status of good taste. Or yeah, something. I feel, but like with no queer sensibility to it. Like this is straight camp. Like I can see elements of camp, but it also feels like he's aiming to make a cult movie, which I hate. Yeah, like I hate when it feels like somebody's trying to make something that's like quotable or something that people will like not like in the theater but then we'll we'll discover later on streaming like and and be like oh you got to see this movie like i hate when something has that feel and that's like all over this movie yeah i guess that he was aiming for something quotable like with the repetition of bullshit artists and stuff like that but uh, and i i definitely agree with you that like someone set out to like make a cult movie mm-hmm. uh and how that much that like bothers me i hate that I can't really but, articulate I mean, why that bothers me. He's but. made he made another movie after this, starring Aubrey Plaza and uh, the guy from Fly of the Concords, Jermaine, whatever his name is. And oh, really? Yeah. So, like, the success of this movie made it so that he could make a movie with actual stars in it. Wow. Okay. Uh, are you saying that Michael Saint Michael isn't a star? What else has he been in? <laughs> uh, he was in a terrible, terrible eighties horror movie called the video dead okay which is so bad not as bad as greasy strangler but still a lot more boring i'll give it that uh and then he was also in an exploitation movie called hard bodies Mm. which is on my list for the podcast so okay i won't watch it but have you read his biography like his imdb biography no let's hear it i feel like he wrote it Michael St. Michael was born in Poughkeepsie, New York, and was once a jet-setting hairdresser to the world's elite who traveled to every European hotspot in the 70s. Uh-huh. He has worked in and around Hollywood for decades. St. Michael's is best known to cinephiles for his work in the 80s cult curiosity, The Video Dead. 2016's The Greasy Strangler was his first lead performance, in which he received rave reviews and was <laughs> awarded... Best actor from the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. He has no Wikipedia page. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 there's still something that's just the anomaly of this movie is fascinating to me. Again, don't like this movie. I would never recommend it to anybody. <laughs> never. I think I just needed to know that somebody else shared their experience with me. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, oh, I didn't finish. Shared trauma. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't finish my Napoleon Dynamite thing. One of the big differences between this movie and Napoleon Dynamite, though, is this one has a plot, which I think makes it better than Napoleon Dynamite. It's a bold statement. Well, like Napoleon Dynamite is just like, look at these funny yokels. There's a school election that someone needs to win in a dance contest. There's nothing happens in the first two acts that gets us there. But like this movie is about, you know, there's there is like something about father son dynamics. I mean, I'm hesitant to to be too harsh on Napoleon Dynamite just because it's been so long since I've seen it and really when it's been that long, it's not that I don't remember it well, it's that I just don't trust my taste from back then. Uh-huh. So like you might be totally right on that, but I'm, I I can't say one way or the other it's just having a plot like does this movie have a plot 
More than Napoleon Dynamite did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, we're not like really giving this a high standard here. Is no, it- these are movies, both movies I don't like. I'm just baffled by it. But that like people seem to like, I guess I'm, I'm always curious about movies that people. Well, I mean, Napoleon Dynamite definitely has a lot less grease and, uh, and nudity. Uh, I guess it's more feel good than this movie. This movie is feel bad. Yeah, this movie's definitely feel bad. It's just, yeah, it's a strange one. And I just, it's almost unremarkable in its shock value. Like, it's shocking, but there are more shocking movies out there that are better. And to me, this ju- this is shock for shock value. Like, that that's all that it was trying to be was to shock, and that's all it is. And it's not saying anything greater about our standards and our views and our mores or or anything like that or or all the other movies that i've mentioned all the john waters movies lars von trier lynn ramsey like they call in to question like our perceptions on taste and i don't think this one does with those other things like i i have to evaluate like what is my societal standard on things and what is my perception of things and then like what is truth or reality and this one there's i got nothing about that nothing about that's here but what about like <laughs> i agree sure but what about like how like beauty standards or like food standards like i think the food looks gross but to somebody else that might look good I think those bodies look disgusting, but to uh, somebody else, they might not be so. Well, then my next movie is going to be Bruce LeBruce's uh, Jaren no! <laughs> Even Bru- like we haven't done a Bruce LeBruce film, but like even some of his crappy movies are better than this. <sighs> That's because your standards are beautiful people. I don't know. Bruce LeBruce doesn't always have lookers in his movies. I think it's well established that we'll sit through a bad gay movie way more than we'll sit through a bad straight movie. Ooh, auto this... or up with dead people really pushes that boundary. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, yeah, would would you have enjoyed this movie more if there was... You said you would. If yeah. If there was some sort of gay element to it, yeah. Well, I mean, it would have to be gay and attractive. It would make it more palpable if the leads in this movie were somewhat attractive. Okay. Gay and hideous. Better or worse? Uh, lateral, <laughs> equal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think. I think if if you replaced the lady with like a Rubenesque gay man, yeah, it'd probably still be just as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people see the world differently than us, <laughs> and that's fine. I'm not saying that they shouldn't make movies or they shouldn't have an audience for this, but man. Yeah. I am not it. Maybe I just chose this because sometimes it's important to remember that. Or maybe I don't know what I'm doing anymore because it's <laughs> the back end of our second 100 movies and I'm just cuckoo. So, And we're, we're racing towards the finish line, hopefully, of this quarantine. Yeah. There's a lot of things in the air right now. And what happens when you spend... 45 straight days indoors without working you're like i know let's talk about the greasy strangler <laughs> that's a great idea yeah there's lots of things what this makes me question uh body types and uh, and what 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 food what kind of food is good yeah yeah this is good we'll do this 
Yeah, I think that's it's Stockholm syndrome to bad movies. Anyway, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't enjoy watching this either. That's so. good, because this was a bad pick. Yeah, it this was, was a bad pick. It was the wrong move. I, <laughs> I can see that now. Retrospect is 2020. So, um, it is comforting to know that you didn't enjoy the movie, though. No, it was very... I was, I, it was worse on second viewing. Like I, was, the, I was a little worried, and I was going to be like, if Ryan defends this movie too strongly, I'm then going to have to like ask him why he didn't like a single man or mash or the sacrifice and ask him why greasy stranglers better than any of those movies. I do think there's intellectual fruits to it. I don't think I want to be the person to bring them up. I mean, I, I have, and, but yeah, that, that that's where you and I differ. I think there are no intellectual fruits in this movie. Why would you want to eat them anyway? I don't want to eat any no, fruit coming off of this yeah. tree. <laughs> They've definitely gone through the noble rot. <laughs> well, Let's leave this behind us forever, yeah. mm-hmm. never to mention again. Okay. What are we talking about next week? Well, I do have to do some sort of palate cleanser to okay. like get this one out. Uh, so I want to pick like a real movie movie, like something with murder and intrigue and violence and sexy dames. This had all of that. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to choose uh, Paul Verhoeven's Black Book. Ah, cool. I haven't seen it. It's got a, you know, Hitchcockian sort of plot to it. It's got, yeah, uh, uh, sexual espionage. And yeah, there's, there's just a lot of good stuff in this one. And I haven't seen it in a long, long time. But no, I think it'll be a good one. Great. Wow. Yes. Interesting episode. <laughs> Whirlwind. Just a whirl of wind. Uh, we're still, so we're still doing the podcast, we're, right? Yeah. We'll see how next week goes. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, well, let's plug our junk and get out of here. Go to our Patreon, of course. Now's the time. Patreon.com slash X-Rated Movies. EX Rated Movies. Lots of content for you if you're becoming a subscriber. What are you doing during quarantine? Nothing? Nothing. So you can sit and listen to us yammer on about your favorite movies and ones that you think are turds go to twitter follow us there at x-rated movies go to facebook at rated x movies send us an email with your impressions of jimmy stewart saying i need a blumpkin at x.rated.movies at gmail.com and of course go to our website x-ratedmovies.com yeah lots of stuff there I think that's everything. Um, Until next week, keep reaching for that rainbow. Rainbow.